Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for, the Missing Curfew Podcast. I'm former National Leaguer Shane O'Brien. Obviously, we'll be talking about Missing Curfew, the run to the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, fashion, style, music, uh, and obviously here on Missing Curfew, we'll get some unfiltered stories throughout our playing career and what's going on with the National Hockey League right now. Introducing my first co-host on Missing Curfew, one of my longtime buddies and one of my favorite teammates of all time, 759 games in the National League, 285 career points. He was a first-round pick, sixth overall to the Nashville Predators. Fashionable guy, world traveler, loved the road, first ballot Hall of Famer off the ice, led the league in road kills, may have missed curfew the odd time, my boy, Scotty Updog Upshaw. What an introduction, O'Brien. Thanks. Uh, we've been talking about doing this podcast for some time, but I had to go, uh, I had to go chase some... Some wine, cheese, and women over in Switzerland <laughs> first. But uh, proud to be here. This is our podcast we've been working on for a while. And uh, I'd just like to take a moment to share a story about meeting you for the first time, which was uh, back in 2003 when we were playing in the minors. And we, uh, the night before a game, me, you, Joffrey Lupel, and Vern Fiddler just go out and have a nice dinner and get absolutely shit-faced. <laughs> but pretty much, we had two guys on our team. You had two guys on your team. Pretty much an even... Uh, yeah, we had our guys. We had you had your guys. We had our guys. And, I had uh, Upshaw. And basically, we we went the next day. Lupo had a hat trick, and uh, you and I became best buds. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was, was great. Old school hockey. So I'm going to introduce you because you are uh, an absolute legend on and off the ice. A guy that played 10 years in 537 games, had 92 points, but better known for his 916 penalty minutes. <laughs> a lot of minors. Uh, this guy was uh, quoted as a great size and skill, plays hard, with surprisingly a ton of offensive upside. But he's limited in a little speed and agility, was a quote I read online. That guy, whoever wrote that, must not have seen you on the dance floor, I tell you. Because you can move. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Uptown. So it's a pleasure to be here. What a night that was in Cincy, old school hockey. And, and last but not least, our East Coast guy. He played 334 games in the National League, 109 points, second rounder, 60th overall from Dorchester. What can we say about this guy? He loved the Red Bulls before the game. He got the boys going, loves hip-hop. We knew each other in Fort Lauderdale playing for the Panthers. One of my favorite teammates, I know Updog feels the same way, our boy from the East Coast, Jimmy Broadway Hayes. The Broadway. Boys, thanks for having me. Uh, the only correction here is he had 334 games. That easily could have been 434 with 100 <laughs> healthy scratches the game coaches always put me through. But, you know, if you guys told me that we'd be sitting here in August talking hockey with two of my best buds, I would have said you guys are nuts. I remember, oh, we were actually in the basement of uh, one of those clubs uh, up and down in New York oh. City, and we were shooting the shit with each other. And, and we were get getting up and down. Going. We were getting and up and down. And here we are. This is amazing. And, I, I mean, I can't believe that uh, – 
I got to do it with you two beauties and having the updog. The updog is one of those guys. Uh, the first time I ever met him was on Thanksgiving Eve. So just picture that night we had there together. Oh, little turkey, little dolphins. vino. That's the best. The only thing we're missing here is the two dolphin cheerleaders doing their <laughs> dance routine on the couch for us. <laughs> we can get back there if you oh, need Oh, I to. love those Thanks dolphin cheerleaders. Thanks for having me, boys. That's our horseman from Boston right there. And uh, the three of us are going to be bringing to you uh, just an epic podcast here for the next few months down the stretch for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, we're excited. And let's give a little shout out to our boy, Kevin Conley at Action Park, who helped us bring this together, the veteran leader that he is. So um, we're excited to have you guys here. And we thought we'd start off by just kind of talking about what curfew is in the NHL. And, and it's kind of weird, right? Hazy and, and Updog, like, we're making lots of money. We're grown men. And Next thing you know, you got curfew. So maybe we'll just jump into that. Sometimes curfew, it's a word that just seems to be broken. <laughs> yeah. In some fashion, you got to break it. Exactly. It was just, I know curfew was a thing that it's there and you listen to it. But as long as you're a pro and you do the right thing and, you know, you tiptoe. I always said hazy and, and updog. It was better to either come back at the hotel at like 11, 1130 or like one. You know, you don't want to get caught in between there because that's when you can get pinched. It's basically oh, yeah. there. It's 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 something there to, uh, you know, to set a basis, set a guideline. The coaches use it and they they only exercise it, I feel, when when things aren't going well. When things are going well, the boys are usually governing themselves and no one's really, yeah, you know, going out and doing the doing the wrong thing nights before games and chasing that. But uh, for guys like us, it was, we we lived hard, played hard, partied hard. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the only time curfew got mentioned during the, like you guys said, during the year was after a couple of losses or when you're sitting there in that training camp first meeting of the year, you got that packet, the team rules. You see that 11.30 on the sheet. Yeah, like, like I said, if you're gonna be the man at night, you gotta be the man in the morning. So you just gotta get up and work your bag off, and you know if you're producing and doing your thing, not many GMs are gonna say anything to you. If yeah. if you're going out with the boys, you're getting up with the men, is yeah. that right, Jimmy? So I'm on a PTO with the St. Louis Blues, which is a tryout, professional tryout. I don't have a contract, so basically I go in and. We have a rookie party lined up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, of all places, which is where our training camp was. And uh, we just let it eat at one of the college bars. Like, we all just go in there. And we're having a blast. It's whatever. And uh, we pretty much go out all night. And I'm, you know, on a PTO, you're pretty, you're, you know, you're walking on eggshells. You're, you're getting evaluated. You got you to gotta perform at 32. You got to still go out and prove who you are, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I first guy downstairs in the morning after staying up till probably 4 o'clock, drinking <laughs> in the lobby with all the guys. And the Stewies. And anyway. <laughs> That's and, the flight attendants he's talking about. Flight and uh, basically, I come down and I got that suit on, ready to go to practice. And in walks Alex Steen and, and Paul Stasny, two, two of my all-time best teammates. And they're looking at me and they're like, fuck, you're up early. <laughs> what time did you go to bed? I'm like, I was sure I was one of the last guys up. But up, dog, you were one of the best, though, at getting up and looking so fresh and clean in the morning. You have to. It's fucking, it's a professional <laughs> job. <laughs> the, the only one. Those eye drops you had. I got to know what the eye drops you had. Those <laughs> things were mint. Hey, Those things can make anybody look good. He did look good, Hazy. The only one time, and I only played with Updog a little bit, but I know him a long time, was after our rookie party in Vancouver. I came down. We were staying at the Western Bay Shore, and Updog texted me. He's like, come down for a coffee. Obviously, he was up before me. I come stumbling down. Updog's got this sick three-quarter suit jacket on with Lululemon pants and uh, running shoes. His hair's a little <laughs> off. I'm like, all right, we got this. We got this. That was the only time I seen him maybe a little bit off, but he was a legend for always looking sharp. You were there, Jimmy. That was our rookie party in Van when uh, we're all at practice the next day and fucking boys are looking around. Everyone's just hurting. Guys are like, fuck, what a night that was. Hey, who was the drunkest guy last night? Who do you think the drunkest guy was? I'm serious. I'm tying up my one skate. I just look up. I point right at Shane O'Brien. I'm like, 
Fucking Shane O'Brien. I, I, I was like, I was the drunkest guy, and I knew that was my last rookie party in the NHL. I knew the writing was on the wall. It was in Vancouver where I used to play, and I was a little lighter then, but I remember I was up on the dancing on the bar table. I was just a fucking disaster. Peter Gurgis. Remember Gurgis brought us the, the, the bill? The thing was like, <laughs> fucking, we're like, we'll take care of that tomorrow, Gurgis. We're having a good time. That but. was one of the best rookie parties, though. That back room there, was that place called Pierre's? Pierre's. Yeah, that whole back room to ourselves, and I'm kind of sitting there being like, what the fuck? We're having a steak dinner here. We're going in the back. What's going on here? And then next thing you know, when the updog's in charge of a rookie party, yeah. in comes 40 broads flying in. Well, that was the best part all, about that place. They're all nice-looking girls. Too. Yeah, that's the best part. It's just he locks the door. It's just the boys and the staff that works there, and it's on. No cameras, no nothing. There was it's, a, it's, go, it's a go time. There was a few times I wasn't sure if I was getting paid to play hockey or just paid to set up these rookie parties. <laughs> you were doing yeah. a bit of both. I was doing a little bit of both. Speaking Uppy, of, I think we talked about that one time. I think you might be able to uh, sell your contact list there to two guys per team, maybe charge them 3 k each. I mean, that's 60000 bucks right in your pocket. I don't right even there. think I need to charge them, Jimmy. I just should show up. I yeah. Should just, I should just get an invite. <laughs> Seriously. We want to talk this one story. It's a, about Mr. Curfew Hazy. I don't know if you heard it. Back in the day with the Red Wings, the old veteran coach, Scotty Bowman. I mean, this is a great move, Hazy. So he got some fan or whoever, somebody new in the city to leave a Red Wings jersey in the lobby of the hotel. And the guys were coming in half cut after dinner or having some drinks. He's like, hey, man, can you sign this jersey for me? And Whatever guys were out for curfew signed it, and the next day Bowman brought it in the dressing room was like, "All right, boys, I got you fucking red-handed right here." So we were we were talking about that story before. That's a legendary move by Scott. That's a legendary move, and, and I, I definitely would have fell for that one. Walking in, stumbling a little late. Oh, I definitely. Thank, I would have been pumped. We? Somebody asked me for my autograph. Think you're doing the right thing. Think you're doing the right thing. You think you're doing the right thing. You don't want to be the guy. You don't want to be the guy not signing a jersey, right? Yeah. You just look like an asshole. Exactly. And you're feeling good after dinner, maybe a couple. Couple scotches, eh, Hazy? It'd be feeling nice. Oh, yeah. Old fashioned my go to right now. That's a hell of a go to. I don't mind that myself. So, yeah. So, all serious about curfew. It's, it's a thing. It's a guideline, folks. Obviously, we didn't break curfew as much as we're talking about, but we did break it every now and then. We call those green lights in the NHL. You mark your calendar. Hazy up, dog. It's a green light. You go have fun. Other nights, you don't. So, we're going to move into the qualification round stuff here, boys. And up, dog, me and you. We got to give it to Hazy. Fucking Broadway picked the Coyotes. I picked the fucking New York Rangers. David Quinn, way to fucking get them going. Nothing swept. So, and you they picked had your Oilers. Nothing, Obi. Yeah. They were doomed. I picked the Edmonton Oilers being an Alberta guy. You know, Connor McDavid, obviously, there wasn't much that McJesus was going to do to help uh, to help that team. You know, basically, and, and then we talked about this. You know, we set up this podcast. We set up our name. We set up our Instagram the other day. We're all having fun. We do the little emojis. You know, tune into our Instagram page for you listeners. But uh, yeah, I miss a curfew. But so, anyways, I'm like, I got to text Connor because we're, we're he's the only NHLer that we follow right now. I'm like, I'll tell him. I say, <laughs> Hey, McDavid, I got three <laughs> things for you. One, you played your fucking ass off out there. You know, like nine points. I mean, highlight real goal. <laughs> Goals in four games, five games. I mean, you, what, what else could you do? Two, you mind giving us a follow back on the <laughs> on on Instagram curfew. page? <laughs> and then three, get some fucking D men in Edmonton, would you? <laughs> oh, they yeah. just had their their D were just they were out to lunch, and oh. uh, the Edmonton Oilers. It's sad because you know they do such a good job bringing the bubble to Edmonton. Uh, all the excitement for the fans in Canada, uh, for fans all over the world to watch Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl play in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they don't even get in; they get bounced. It's disappointing. I yeah. lost my prediction. But those big dogs in Edmonton—they showed up. I mean, they did. Oh, for sure. McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. I think that David had nine points. Draisaitl had six. Yeah. Nugent Hopkins had eight. Like those guys came to play. They just had no depth scoring, which is kind of a thing you got to see in the NHL now. These teams that are successful, they go up and down the lineup. 
Totally. And I was watching one, I think it was maybe game three, they were up. They had a one goal lead heading into the third. I'm watching this game and I'm like, they need at least to get another one or maybe two. Like there was no confidence watching them that they were going to hold. Like they had no idea how to hold a one goal lead. I'm like, this is outrageous that they're, you know, I know the, the, the COVID stuff, but I, I agree with Uppy. They got to get some help on the back end for, for Mc, to have Drysdale McDavid. You got to be able to, you know, protect leads. I think. Do you guys that think it's sides, a, though, what they have, uh, 27 goals after three games. Boys, that, think that about combined? this. Do you think... Like, that's um, insane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you think it has to do something with like... So so Toronto gets bounced. Edmonton gets bounced. They're in their hometowns. You think it's like them getting stuck in these hotels or something? Leave Like McDavid <laughs> just built this like $12 million place right on the River Valley in Edmonton. I mean, he's got everything in there. You, you name it. Batting cages, fucking bowling, bowling alleys. Probably could have made his own bubble in that house. Yeah. No right? Kidding. The whole team probably could have stayed there. <laughs> and then, you you know, you get shoved in this thing for two weeks and you're you're expected to go out and, and perform and, and get your team to, to win. And everyone's just, you're walking around just in such a different atmosphere. I think it's hard to not to uh, to think that that, no, was, that it, played a factor. Buddy, it definitely could. If you're in your home city and you know you have your unbelievable house and your girlfriend or wife is right there and... You, we all know playoff hockey's tough. If, it, if things go up and down in playoff hockey, it's a weird situation. Do you push back as hard? Maybe you don't. When you know if you lose, you're back at your home that night. It's it's definitely a good point. But Broadway, let's talk about your Arizona Coyotes. Shout out to Brad Richardson. Beauty. What a snipe. Snipe OT winner. Closer. That's how you go the net, Richie. Fucking oh, yeah. beauty. And Richie, Rich, just talk about his Broadway because you picked him. And uh, yeah, so what'd you think? I mean, I did a pretty good job picking the teams in the West. But Arizona was that team that I liked. From the start, they have that lineup that they got their high-end guys in Hall and Kessel and um, Keller. Like, those three kids came to play, and they're ready to go. And during the year, they were the best team defensively. They had a great PK, and they showed up again. Their goalie was unbelievable. Their goalie was fucking nasty. He played great, and he's he's starting to put himself on the map. Like, he's one of these kids that is probably one of the top three goalies in the league right now, like the Canadian side there. Yeah, but let's... If they have the Olympic team, he's got to put his name there yeah. to get on that team. He was nasty. Now, hey, Hazy can... Well, we can get into that later, but uh, they got the they got the Avs next, which will be a real tough test for them. Yeah, I, I agree. This Colorado team is electric. Nasty. They, they are just flying, and they are deep. But if they goalie can keep playing and that special teams can keep producing, I mean, you know, it's a playoffs. Anything can go here. Hey, yeah. would you get out in front of that McCars? Would you get out in front of the lane of that guy? Would you get McCarr's shooting lane and block one for the boys? Hazy, right off the laces? Uh, Have think, you ever blocked a, a shot, I think Hazy? there's a good Hazy? video session of me of, uh, doing the flamingo. Hazy, me and Willie Mitchell just say, if you got to block a shot, it means you're out of position, right? That's why yeah, the goalie makes what, $8 million, has the equipment, let him see it. Don't fucking block it. Hey, some I remember f- I was young. I was young in my experience of blocking a shot in the first year of Chicago. I broke a blood vessel in my hand and <laughs> Joe Patrick came. And he was like, how that happened? I said, I blocked the shot. And he just looked at me and said, take the fucking minus, kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Cater, if I was making nine bananas, I would. I love yeah, watching. If I could get out of the lane and go out there and have a six-point night, I'd probably would do the same thing, bud. <laughs> I love watching a guy go out in front of that fucking puck. And you know there's no chance he's he's like getting down on one knee and he just pretends like he's there and he just kind of s- slowly slides away oh, from The it. classic flamingo. The yeah. flamingo. Let's give Updog some credit here. This guy was a first-rounder, sixth overall, pretty boy. And at the end of the career, <laughs> you, you blocked some shots, and you changed your game into a grinder. It's, I had not, it's to. not easy to fucking block shots. I, I, it's called adapting. Oops. I hated blocking shots. I made the league as a goal scorer, and uh, I finished the league as as a guy that set up rookie parties. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you set up rookie parties. No, but like you said, there's guys right now that getting paid, guys are getting paid big money to block shots. Look at Jarmelson. That guy made all his money. Brooks Orpik was another guy that just retired. These guys made a living 
from blocking shots. And they ran guys like me out of the league because they blocked so many fucking shots, eh? Like, come on, boy. <laughs> Stick on puck here. Let's go. Like you guys know, because, you, you know, you're close buddies, but I, I spent a full year rehabbing, like, a knee injury that was, you know, nine months of... Uppy had two hot nurses. Intense, I come in his house, two hot nurses. <laughs> intense rehabilitation <laughs> to try to come back to block more damn shots. <laughs> I was just... We got a blow-by-blow blow for that on Instagram. <laughs> Every morning, wake up and watch Uppy's rehab. Yeah, that was what I... Fuck, every day I, I knew I had to bring it to the people. I had to let them know I was still fucking hanging on. You know, I was breaking blood vessels, Jimmy, just to stick around. And uh, I, I yeah, left it all out got, on the ice. It made ice. you stick around. Man, you got a lot of games played. So I that's left. Awesome. Hey, Hazy, oh, he, he didn't rehab to come back to block shots. He came back to throw those rookie parties, didn't he? <laughs> hey, that's how he was rehabbing. He it's saw- just always... He's always ready to play when that two-week turn was coming. Oh, that's good stuff. So we got a little segment here we're going to do on Missing Curfew. It's called the Milk Carton. We're going to do it each round. Guys that we're fucking missing out there. It comes playoff time. I know there's no fans. You're living in a bubble. But you still got to bring it come playoff time. We're three washed up players, so we can say this now. So And the milk carton being like missing. the old school old milk school, carton. Old school milk carton. This cartons. was before, you know, if you're missing, things would just go viral yeah. online or whatever. Yeah, this point. was like, you're missing. You're on the back of, this, the, of the Lucerne 2% milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, shout out to David Quinn, who I used to hate in Colorado. Glad boy Quinner. Way to get the Rangers fucking going. And I'm going with the bread man, Panarin. I know he listened, you know, he's making nine million or ten million. I get it four months off. Listen, he's a hell of a player, better than I ever could imagine of being. But um, I just thought come playoff time that he was gonna against the Carolina team be the difference. Like Carolina, they have a great team. We're gonna get into them later. But for me, on the milk carton. The bread yeah. man Panarin, he's probably in the St. Bart's on a yacht right now with some Russian pros. Yeah, he's got to be better. He's got to be better, that's <laughs> for sure. He'd like to think back probably two or three months ago when the talk was that these players are going to put together a, a bubble season, try to finish the playoffs. He came out, uh, vocally spoke. Well, he probably had an interpreter because he can't speak, <laughs> blech, a blech, lick, blech. can't speak a lick of English. But he came out and pretty much voiced his opinion on you know, us coming back to play is, you know, there's going to have to be deals in place from the NHL to give us back stuff in the CBA and this and that. So he, uh, yeah, right from the get-go, you don't think the excitement was probably there from the, from the bread man. And uh, his picture's on the back of that damn milk carton. I think we can uh, continue with this milk carton. We might be able to put the, uh, the referees on the milk carton right now. During this qualification round, the referees, how many damn penalties these guys oh, going to call? Oh, Hazy, thank you. Thank you. These guys, I think the referees that belong on the milk car. And this is, <laughs> I mean, if you like watching special teams, fuck, this is awesome. But this is playoff hockey. We got to see some, this hopefully going forward here, there's not as many calls coming. I think the penalty minutes are up to around 13 minutes a game. It's like an all-time high I read somewhere. Yeah, Hazy, and thank you for bringing that up. I had that down as one of our things. And I couldn't agree more with you. And listen, we'll give the refs a bit of a, you know, We'll cut them some slack because it's been four months Not off. Not too much slack. Not too much slack. And I said this to you boys before when we talked that I thought with no fans in the building that these refs are going to call more shit because they don't have to get booed or there's not, you know. So I'm with you, Hazy. Even our boy, Joffrey Lupo, who doesn't really watch hockey a lot but watches playoffs, he hit me up and he was like, what are with these fucking penalties? So I'm with you. The refs are on the milk carton. Tighten it up, boys. It's playoff hockey. Let the boys play. How about the, uh, you know, our, our old squad, the Florida Panthers? And probably oh, if, if you, if you got to kind of point, you got to kind of point a finger. You put the whole team on there besides three guys. <laughs> the, the team, they weren't rolling. Our, our boy Hubie, he was buzzing. Barkoff, he didn't do too much, but I love Barkoff. He's, you know, we're going to give him some Yeah, slack. he's a hard-working guy. Uh, Ekblad, I know he was battling some injuries. He got hurt there before uh, before training camp started. So you cut him a little bit of slack. But Bobrovsky, $10 million goalie. 
Uh, you got to steal some games. You got to keep your guys in there. It's the Florida Panthers team has made the playoffs once in 10 years from the top down. Uh, things, you know, things got to change there. And it looks... Well, he's going to have uh, to go start getting on the beach and starting to practice saving those beach balls because, damn, he was letting he goals was, right and left there. And he let in bad... T- like, the goal... The save... Oh, you bad guys timing. Know, during Did the playoffs... Goal, the second goal there? Yeah, it's bad timing. You're like, fuck, we're in this game. And then he lets in one. You're like, you know, on the bench, boys. You're just like, fuck. Like, we needed that save right there. You know, if we're going to the second, we're up one, now we're tied. I just thought he let in poorly timing goals as well. When you come up against firepower, that of the New York Islanders, <laughs> that is what happens. Plus the stingy defense, and you get shut down. That was never a series. <laughs> By the looks of it, I wasn't sure if his name was Bobrovsky or Sergei Brizgalov. <laughs> the Briz- because what Briz did to the Philadelphia Flyers... <laughs> I mean, he was he he was out there. I played with him in Phoenix, oh. and there were times, boy, when he would he was so out to lunch sometimes, either chirping at our own players or yeah, fuck. I remember one time we we were up three one, and they scored like San Jose Sharks scored two quick ones, like jumbo to Chichu shelf, and then fucking Patty Marlowe down the wing tie game, and he's fucking looking at our bench at Dave Tippin and our, and our squad, and he starts clapping. Literally in his net, fucking looking at our bench, clapping. Fucking Yans. So Yans, after we beat them in overtime, we're walking down the tunnel and Yans fucking shatters a stick, chases him down the hallway and says, you ever fucking do that again? I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like right to Briz. I mean, Briz, he was, what, made Briz, what, what made Briz good was his fucking, his like, fuck you and fuck everything yeah. attitude. But boy, like it just ticked you off. No, sometimes. for sure. He was I, so good, but. Back. I got another story like that about Briz. Sorry, Hazy, real quick. We were playing, actually, Uppy, we were playing the minors. My first year pro, we we're playing the Admirals. We're going into game seven. They are so much better than us. We just hang in this series. It's my rookie year. I'm fired up. I'm like, fucking right, Briz. Here we go. Game seven tonight. Like, let's get these guys. He goes, Obi, season ends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I go to Casey Hank and said, I go, Hank, Hank, I got to tell you something, man. He's like, what? I'm like, Briz just told me the season ends tonight. I'm like, yeah, go tell Shazi. He goes, tell Shazi. Shazi's like, I got to start. I'm like, fuck GMs here. <laughs> it's 4-1 in the first. We lose oh like 6-7-1. That's no, if that was like against that, us. You need a goalie to steal year. you some games here. Okay, because I was going to say, fuck. Yeah, ago. that's right. We did beat you the first year. The second year, it was the old Brian Finley flu. Yeah. Ooh. That was great. Finley with about 15 seconds left on a on a dump in from Mark Popovic from the red line. Brian Finley was our first round goalie in Milwaukee. We had just won the year before. This is a lockout year and we're, we're buzzing again. First place playing Cincinnati, Obi and Lupul's team in the playoffs. And this... Poor Brian Finley. He was he was the right-handed glove. The goofy goalie. So, so he caught with the his goofy, right with his right hand. And boys, right I swear to God, he should have been the other way. For years, <laughs> we were like, he should just switch hands. Yeah. So he went to catch this puck on a dump in with like 15 seconds left in game seven and just fuck, she dropped in. And I, Claude Noel, the our old coach. Bill Buckner. There was a Billy Buckner. Oh. AZ was the Billy Buckner. <laughs> our coach Buckner. came in after, after the game and just he looked around the room and, and kind of just in awe and was like, guys. There's no explanation on, on what just happened out there, but Brian, you're probably going to have a long summer. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a long, a long summer. Goalies, like in these other series here, they can steal series. Like, look at Carey Price. Like, this guy, Montreal moves on because he stands on his head, and that was the biggest question mark, and he can do it. So that, that's, like, that's the difference, that's, I think. And that's why you pay the goalie. That's why you pay the goalie. Speaking of the Canadians, if, if you're a Habs fan, Hazy, Broadway, and I'm talking like, are you happy right now? I know Lafreniere was only a 12% chance. It's going to bring us in our next part. We'll get cons fired up on the Rangers getting the pick. But if you're a Habs fan, are you like, are you happy they won that round? Like, you want the experience for the young guys? Or did you want your chance at the first overall? Like, they're not going to win the cup, are they? 
You don't think. I, I think the playoff experience is a lot more valuable than that first pick. I, but yeah. I mean, this kid yeah. is a this kid is a generational type player. But like you said, everyone had the same odds of getting it. The chances of getting it were what twelve percent. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd much rather have my young guys get in this playoff experience. Yeah, that's and hell who knows? yeah. Carey Price yeah, is play. that no, good of a goalie. Yeah. He can move on. You're right, he can, have, he can have his team win. I mean, I don't see them beating Philly. Philly just looks like an absolute wagon right now. They're buzzing. But, I mean, it's it's. I think it's this playoff ex, um, exposure is, I mean, you can't teach that stuff. It's so hard to get there. I got, yeah. what, nine years pro, and I got there three times. You deserve better than that, Broadway. Fuck. Yeah, I do. Boys. Bad teams. Got, you a black got, fucked, ace, got a black ace Stanley Cup ring, no? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm looking at our sheet here, and I'm, like you said, Jimmy, I'm looking at Philly, Montreal, and f- ugh, these poor bastards, because I was in Philly with Liverpool back in, uh, you know, we're 2008, we're playing Montreal in the second round, and the best thing about going to Montreal for the playoffs is just the like the French women. It's like you and, and, and these guys are stuck. These guys point. are stuck in the bubble in Toronto, so they they have no experience of being able to you know the Flyers being able to buzz into Montreal. We beat them in five back then, but yeah, they, they, series, they would go in and absolutely wax this Montreal team in their own barn in and, the Bell Center, and then beg which their bronze an, and then beg which is an incredible place to go play. <laughs> and then they get to go out and bang. We beat bronze. you in five, and we banged your bronze. Let's get on the play, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, you if, know, the experience is there, but is it, is it the yeah, real experience? If, if you sure. can't tell, boys, the updog would be having a hard time with this bubble situation that's going on here in the <laughs> National League. He's been talking about it for a couple weeks. So the bubble for the updog would be a hard security's time. security's pretty Listen, tight, too. Uh, you're not getting in and out of that bubble unless I'm you're taking actually, that little temperature test. Sometimes it's tough to, uh, you know, to accept the fact that you're not out there buzzing around, getting the getaway sticks going. But uh, I got to say, I'm pretty happy where I am now with a little baby girl yeah. recently. Congratulations. Uh, Isabel, uh, Christina, my girlfriend, and I just had a beautiful little baby girl. So that's uh, that's where life is right now, which is pretty special. Yeah. And uh, Congrats, I'm not in the bubble. It's awesome. So that's if great. You start Thank crying. You. Just look at your girlfriend. Say, hey, yeah. I think she's hungry. I'm just that's keeping, I'm my, keeping my little girl away from Bo Diddley. Over yeah, there. yeah. Bo the <laughs> Hazy there. He's got, a, he's got a weapon, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Bo's ready. He's about to turn one in two weeks here. It's going to be an absolute bash. Let's talk about the first pick. Let's let Frenier kid. Like, did you watch it, Hazy? Did you watch the draft lottery? The Leafs ball bounced in there. Yeah, I was going to mention that. How posted out. I, I saw and then the Rangers slow slid I'm like dying. I saw our, my all of our former teammates, Bobby Lou, who's hilarious, tweet out right before he's like, "That New York Rangers ping pong ball looks a little heavy." And sure enough, <laughs> so hi, Hazy, what did you think about it? Him going to the Rangers, Connolly's choked as an Islanders fan. But what what do you I, think? I think uh, what I'm hearing, I talked to an assistant GM, and I was just asking, "How good is this kid?" Insider, and they're saying that he's like. Crosby, McDavid type player. So that's a franchise player. He's a left winger, but he is just nasty. He's already at 195 pounds, whereas like you got Heischer and Hughes are both guys who are smaller, who didn't come in and dominate, whereas like Matthews, McDavid, bigger guys. So I think he's physically ready to go. And he's um a guy that had uh, over two and a half points in the CHL. Like, the last guy to do that was McDavid, and he... Wow. Pretty impactful. Look at pretty you. Not a boy. Hey, just, fellas, just chiming in here. I'm, I'm curious. Is there any way that this guy's a bust? Can you really put him in the same sentence as McDavid already? I mean, Guy got drafted fucking 12 hours ago. It depends if the bright lights in New York get him or not, cons, maybe. I mean, I listen, Coven, to be honest, I only watched him play in the World Junior Championships. He was a monster. I mean, he forechecked, he competed. And for me, his skills through the roof. But for me, it was his compete level, the way he forechecked and skated. But, I mean, listen, it's the NHL. You never know. Maybe he's, I mean, David's big shoes to fill, but he was a legit CHL player. Broadway, do you think 
that this guy's as good as they're saying, as good as advertised? I'm just trying to like fire it up here. I was hoping it would <laughs> come at me a little bit. But, hey, Hazy, but fire, fire it up, Hazy. I'd have you as my assistant GM any day. Hazy, I love it, baby. He brings everyone into the fight because he's fiery. He doesn't play like your typical French-Canadian kid. He's actually like, he wants the puck. He wants to make the difference. I was, just a little short story, but last year I, I go work for TSN, my first year retired. I'm going up there nervous as hell, kind of like writing down some notes. I asked my buddy Cody here in LA, who could be an NHL GM. Fucking Cody yeah, knows everything. he knows the game. I, I'm like, hey, Cody, I need you to break some stuff down. You got anything for me? I'm going in. I'm just a little nervous. He's like, if you want to fucking impress Bob McKenzie, go in and tell him this Alex Lafreniere. And I'm like, who? He's like, <laughs> Alex Lafreniere, he plays in Quebec Major Junior League. He's Ramuski, gonna be the, doesn't he? Or what yeah, the fuck he's, he plays, plays in Ramuski. He's like, he's going to be the number one pick next year. You will absolutely rock Bob McKenzie's shorts if you go in and, and you call it, like, right there. So, of course, I'm shooting. I'm like, hey, Bob, what do you think of uh, what do you think of this Alex Lafreniere kid? And he looks at me. He's like, uh, so far, I hear he's the next McDavid. Uh, and I'm like, that Alex Lafreniere, he fucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he fucks, eh? He fucks. He fucks. Which is what we're so going to say. New York's a good city for him. Which is what we're going to say when, when we really feel that these kids yeah. bring bring the heat. Yeah, that's another segment we're going to have here on Mr. Curfew. We're going to touch base with you fans, and we're going to we're gonna share a little insider on, on who's doing the fucking. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not ready to say this guy fucks yet. Yeah, call, uh, wait, <laughs> call us a Hall of Famer. He's not giving I, I'm the not saying that he fucks like McDavid. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but if I was going to New York City, I'd be pretty happy too. We would have been out of the league even before we were out of the league, bud. Right, New York? I would have, <laughs> it would have ate me up. I can admit it. I can admit it. It would have ate me up. I would have thirty-four would have went to one hundred and thirty-four. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Games or kills? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Hazy, you've been on page six like two months in the season. Page six, Hazy. Oh hey, yeah, it's you and especially if I had you guys on my wing. Uh, so yeah, the Lafreniere kid, boys. I think you know. I think he's. I think he's legit. We'll see. I mean, I think the Rangers. I think the NHL is happy. I think it's a good spot for him. Cons is, his Islanders are going to have a little tougher test now when they head into Manhattan. And but it, it, we'll see how it works out. I'm just but. happy Toronto didn't get him. Me too, actually. And and they wouldn't and be he able was to never pay the going, kid anyway. They yeah. paid all their players. There guys are space for this kid. Those guys are being paid well into the next pandemic. As Con said, he wasn't going to Minnesota, was he, or Winnipeg? Like the balls weren't going there. Like, imagine he goes to the Wild or Winnipeg, the poor no kid. Those, those balls were like those guys trying to go block that it shot. They were two, not even getting out there. They were like, team no. race. Yeah. It was the Leafs and the fucking Rangers. That was a two-team race. You could see the balls bouncing around. Yeah, the other balls weren't even close. They were down there. Fuck, I'm like, Man, I, I never even saw Minnesota's ball. They might not <laughs> even have had a ball in there. They weren't even at the dance, were they? All right, boys, moving on to some real Stanley Cup playoff hockey now. There was some talk about the qualification round not being legit, although I will give the boys credit. They were they were playing hard in the series I watched, but we'll move on to the first round here. Uh, we'll start with our boy on the East Coast, Broadway, Jimmy Hayes. Who you like in the first round? Guaranteed to make the second round. Maybe upset. What do you got? Yeah, I know I'm on the East Coast here, but I'm going out West, and I'm going to take, uh, take Calgary over Dallas. I just um, I think Calgary's team right now is just firing, and they are – mean they're physical they're playing that playoff style hockey that you need to have to win their big dogs are showing up kachuk johnny goudreau they looked awesome johnny goudreau looks like he's in unbelievable shape even though he's 145 pounds and that matthew kachuk <laughs> kid loves his beer. Just, doesn't mind beer either, all yeah. day this guy is unbelievable he's, that kid's he's nasty a big time rat he's just unbelievable he he loves he this must run in the family and they are ready to go and dallas to me i think they're a good team but Calgary is just going to be 
coming down hard on them. Hey, are you related to Chuck or something? Yeah, I am. You and are my huh? second cousin. Yeah, he is. Him and Brady. Is he a Chuck. good kid? Or what? Is he a fucking good... mean streak like those two had? I'd yeah. still be. They in the might league. not have the good-looking gene, but yeah. they they got the hockey gene. Those uh, yeah. family. That Hazy, are they? The Chuck hey, family. Those is he a, guys is he, fuck. Is he, is he, do they fuck? Yeah. Is he a good kid or what? Like I, I'm interested. Oh yeah, he's a great kid. They're they're the typical guy, the big time rat on the ice, but he's just an awesome. Just kid. a guy you want to play with. Just a guy that you always want to be around. He's a funny guy. He's just like his dad. I think his dad was probably one of the most loved guys in the NHL. Could be one of the all-time funniest. Him and Brett Hall. Chuck and Brett Hall could be the two. You know why I love big big. Walt because Big Walt showed up after lockout at 280 pounds. I respect that. <laughs> oh, I had that. a great story about hey, that. Hey, boys, I'm Big back. Walt. I'm back. 280. I guess Big Walt showed up and there it was a contract dispute, I think, because um, we both had the same agent. And um, I think the GM was like, you're fat. And he was like, you're fat. <laughs> like, what do you expect? You guys gave me a year off. I drank yeah. and I played golf and I wasn't walking when I played golf. So, I mean, let's go. I'll Unless get I had shape, a caddy. And he went out there and had a great year. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, Hayes, you got the flames. I don't mind that. They're buzzing. Uh, goaltending could be a We'll see other goaltending plays, but we'll go to the up dog. What do you got ups? Uh, I li- I'm going to go out east. I like the. Uh, I'm going to throw in an upset, which I see happening in uh, in five games, Ooh. maybe. And I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. I think they're just too. Jeez. They're on fire. They got fucking great coaching. They play above the puck. Uh, yep. Brindamore has their team fired up. They got. Their defense on the back end, this Slavin is is a workhorse. He's a beast. Reminds me of uh, he, he plays O'Brien. he plays big like Weber, like <laughs> fucking Shane O'Brien back in his day. <laughs> no, he's a he's those, a beast with the good boots. But uh, you know, I, I look at a team like Carolina. Their their star players are playing out of their minds. They got this Sebastian Ajo who he fucks. He does fuck. Oh, this guy is a good-looking cat. That guy he, is silky. He's got the, <laughs> he's got the biscuit on his on his stick all game long. He's making plays. Uh, I like their moves. Bringing in Vincent Trocheck, who we played with yeah, back in Florida. In Florida. What the good Florida, kid. get on the milk carton. You kidding me? <laughs> they are on like, the milk carton. How do you get carton. rid of that guy? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Sebastian Aho fucks. He fucks Cons. Cons. Thanks for thanks for jumping in <laughs> he there. He fucks. If, in case we need a, a reiteration that he fucks. <laughs> he sure does, man. Boston couldn't get their game going yeah, and slow. call it what it is, but you know, yeah, they, they might look, just they be, they might need like a, a barn full of fans. They might need, you know, they're playing in the finals. They always make it deep in the playoffs. Uh, the excitement, you got to find your own excitement within your dressing room and on the bench because these games go by fast and you can't find it in the crowd. Yeah. So, right you know, it's, uh, uh, it's out there. They're playing a horse with Carolina and I see Carolina really bringing it to them. And then I see Carolina going deep boys. I, I see if they, they might play, uh, you know, as a five seed. They're going to uh, get a, a, a low matchup, whether it's like Washington or Tampa Bay. But they might see Philly in the conference finals. And, uh, and I just like Philly to, uh, to kind of go all the way. I think, they're, I think they're the team to beat. Yeah, I, I agree with Carolina. Um, obviously, I picked the Rangers to beat them just because I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but Carolina seems like <laughs> it seems like they got something going. It seems like they got some, you know, they got a good team thing. And we all know that team, when guys buy in, special things can happen. And Rod the Bod's got them buzzing. So Carolina, I like. Uh, Hazy, I want to ask you, because I know you played for him. I know you're a Boston guy. Uh, before the coronavirus, I would have said the, the Bees almost walked to the fucking Stanley Cup. But but talk to me now. 100%. What you think, they, they look slow. Uppy could be right. It's, it's a weird situation. They're used to playing. You know, they went to the finals last year. What do you think's going on with the Bees? And can they kind of turn it around? Yeah, I, I was shocked. They were going, went in as the one seed, and now they're the four seed. And that's a tough bounce for them because they got to play this Carolina team who's flying. But from those three, what do you want to call them, the round-robin games they yeah. had, they, their star players weren't there. Like uh, Chris Wagner, who's one of my closest buddies, but if he's leading the team and scoring, 
you're going to be in trouble. They need Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron to get yeah. going. I do love Wagsy, but he can't lead your team in scoring. You're not going to win the mug. He'd be the first one to say it. You can't. If he's leading your team in scoring, he might be showing up to the Fallon Cup in September. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Broadway, those are all great points. And, and as you were talking to me in the updog before, when you are talking to your bro who was nasty and we all are big Kevin Hayes fan, do you think maybe only playing three games in 15 days and living in the bubble could have hurt the Bruins and these teams in the round robin? And once they play every other night, they'll get their mojo going, they'll get their legs going? Because we talked about, if you only played three games in 15 days living in that bubble, that would be fucking tough. 100%. I think that, um, like you said, it's, a, it's a, your responsibility to be ready to go. But I think that hurt them, especially knowing that those games didn't really matter to yeah. them. Like, because all it did was affect their seeding. And I think the Bruins are a team that they showed over the years there. When the game's on the line, they've been ready to go in the playoffs. So hope, I'm thinking they got to see this team bounce back. But I mean, watching those three games, I'm, I'd be yeah. taking Carolina as well. They I just, just, they want to stay as far away from that milk carton as possible. <laughs> yeah. They need yeah. to get their guys, yeah, they, they, sure they get their guys going. That's when Boston will bring it to another level. But you can't just turn that shit on no. overnight. And no. Carolina, their switch is going. And Brindamore has them going. They played. Ex- they've played meaningful games already. Uh, their guys are going. Aho, he's he fucking. Fuck. This guy fucks. He fucks. So. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Upson. And Hazy, the, the games didn't matter, but now they got their hands full with the Hurricanes. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bruins how they do. Um, I got a lot of ties to Boston. I've always been kind of a Bruins fan. My uncle played for him, so I'm kind of pulling for him. But we'll see what happens. And my pick, boys, I want to get the updog fired up here, and this is tough for me. Because I do love Ryan O'Reilly. He's my boy. Conn Smythe winner, Stanley Cup champion. But I'm taking the Vancouver Canucks over the defending champs, St. Louis Blues, in a hard-fought seven-game series. Um, I love Mark Schmanette for Vancouver. I think the Canucks gained experience in that qualification round. They lost their first game. They got Vertanen back in the lineup. They won three in a row. They're building something. I'm a huge Travis Green fan. So up, Doug. Up, Doug. I I'm mean, taking the Canucks, should we buddy. we fucking do it right here? I mean, hey, listen, I don't want to do go. it. We're both retired. Listen, I'm fat. You're skinny. We don't want to do that. But I like the Canucks, bro. I like the Canucks. I, I hate to do it. Factor, I love you. What do you think about that? I, I can see where you're coming from. St. Louis, like Boston, they took, uh, you know, they took the last couple of weeks to just kind of get in the groove. They haven't quite found it yet. They're... Their best players haven't quite been their best players yet. We're we're still wondering if Vladimir Tarasenko is gonna yeah. Yeah. is gonna come Speaking and, of and milk carton. put his put his jersey on. <laughs> and Vladdy, I love you, and I know that you love the big game. So I do expect you to play uh, to play your fucking balls off here in the playoffs yeah. first round. But there's a couple good uh, matches here to look out for. Um, yeah. Two guys who could take over the series are Jacob Markstrom and Jordan Bennington. Yeah. it's Two Both guys who fuck. Yeah, yeah, they do. Both these guys are good buddies of mine. Good-looking good lo- cat. Good-looking cats. Spinnington, six, I six. mean, boys, Bennington's a stud. He just, you name it, he's wants to build his story and write a story that's it's already fucking a great story. Cinderella style, yeah. and he's building it. You, so you got to beat the, to, in order to beat the champs, boys, you got to really knock them off. Yeah. And I, Vancouver is going to, no, they're going to fucking have their hands full. They will ultimate. for sure. And I'm betting with my heart a little Pareko, bit Pareko, Beast, yeah. Petrangelo is Listen. the best. Best defensive. Yeah, I'm going to probably. And both teams have coaches that like, yeah, guys I, love playing I for. Love so Greener, I think man. those coaches are going to be able to get their boys ready for this. And that's going to be an exciting series. I'm excited to watch that one. It would be an upset. And listen, I love what the Blues did last year. I'll be, we, we, you know, watch it together, them go through it. I love Ryan O'Reilly, but I just, I don't know. I'll probably be wrong, but I think the Canucks can, they'll give them a series and hopefully I'm right. But, but you know, we're all Canucks here. So hopefully they get her done. And <laughs> we are all uh, Canucks. Yeah. Hey, that's a saying in Vancouver. I said, I'll be going to training camp, Mr. PTO. I said, I'll be, when you get there, just remember, we're all Canucks, buddy. We're all Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> just for shits and giggles here. So we can chirp each other. People can chirp us. 
Let's pick an Eastern Conference champ, and we'll pick a Western Conference champ. Broadway, see how your East Coast guy. Pick us. Who you got coming out of the East? I'm riding the Philadelphia Flyers. I got my brother there. I'm hoping he has a cup party back in Boston. That'd probably be the only time I Mr. can Kirk lift is coming it now. Since I haven't, I didn't win one plane. I wasn't allowed to touch it. So now, now you can I'll do whatever you want. with them, drink out of that. And I mean, that <laughs> team is just deep. Like they got four lines right now. And this kid, Scott Lott, he's an unnamed guy that he came God, ready to play in those round robin yeah, games. He looks good, great. Man. That line of my brother, him, and Konechny are just. They look like the top line right now in the NHL. That connecting reminds me of a young Upshaw back in the day, right? You know, he's a right shot though, Konechny, isn't he? Is that the only difference? Or he's a right shot, but he same, reminds me of you a bit. Yeah, same. Yeah, he plays that hard. Was our he plays Larry the same Flowers, way, a rat. Our yeah. Larry Flowers comparison. A couple. Uh, Larry, Flowers. it was last year. But fuck, you just fuck Flowers, Jimmy. If you got if you got room on that wagon to slide over, I'm going to jump on the Philadelphia Flyers with <laughs> Always you. Always room there. My brother will love <laughs> slide it. Slide over, make, all right. We got, we, hey, we got we got the Sprinter van coming from Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Miami, baby. All those days are all oh, the Sprinter great. van up, dog. So yeah, I'm jumping on the Cons Philadelphia the Flyers with uh, with our boy Jimmy. Philly has a special place in my heart ever since I was a Flyer. My dearest days yeah, are in Philadelphia, and uh, they deserve a good run for the Cup again. They got fucking robbed against Chicago back when you uh, when you snuck that ring as a black ace. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to see Uppy's time, and I hope you're okay with me saying this, up Uppy has his time as a Flyer. Who was that guy? You, the D man you hit in Arizona at the goal line. He played. He was a. Uh, oh no, it was uh, Oscar Bartulis. Bartulis. It was my first game. Against, I don't think he played another shift. <laughs> no, so I, I, I was, <laughs> up. You fucking crazy. Like, you gotta look this up. It was. It was. It was all right. Ups. It was. But he was right. Inside the goal line and the up train was coming. Up dog and Paisy, I'm telling you, it was Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Boom. No, it's my first game back to Philly as a Phoenix oh, Coyote. Right. My first game. Bad, going, bad, he bad. doesn't stop. And I went to that's the right. net on like a three on two puck fucking hits the pads and stays in the crease and the goalie goes to cover it <laughs> and I come in fucking full tilt and Oscar Bartulis <laughs> just like stops and I go in stick on puck first, Obi. That's how you stick play. On puck, stick on puck. That's how you do it. But I puck. bury my shoulder into him as we like collide on the goal line. And he flies into the end boards. Like he hits the wall shoulder, like shoulder first. And <laughs> that was, Oscar, I, I'm I sorry. I, I called you that night. I, <laughs> no, I'll be, I, apologize, <laughs> I apologize to him that night. It's as a play. Up his teeth. No, <laughs> fuck. Listen, it's the NHL. You got to bend your knees. But the up dog. I don't know where that guy's from, but I think the next year he was he's playing finished. back in the he's back finished. in the Finnish Elite League for uh, Hamelina or whatever <laughs> fucking team. But uh, listen, I'm I'm jumping on the Flyers as well, and this is just for me is the way they played in the round. Are we all taking the Flyers? Well, listen for me the way they played in the round robin. Broadway, your brother looks amazing. They look deep. Even Nate Thompson, Tomer's flying out there going short side bar and down. What an the, addition that yeah, was! Yeah, like they look good. AV, I had him in Vancouver. He's a good coach. He's a little hard on curfew sometimes, but he's a good coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I'm on the Flyers bandwagon just for the way they played. So yeah, Hazy, if, the, if if your brother wins it, missing curfew crew is coming to whoever the cup is. hundred percent. Roll with them. Who are they going to play in the? Who, who's going to play them in the West? So I'll, I'll go first in the West. Me and Up Dog out here in, in Newport Beach. I'm going to go with the Avalanche boys. They got McKinnon, my boy Landis Cog, who's our captain. I saw him become his captain at 19 years old. The kid's a leader. McKinnon is buzzing as maybe as fast as McDavid. They got good goaltending. Good depth. I think it's their year to take the next step. I'm going Avalanche to win the West. I just don't think he could beat the Golden Knights. I, I hate to say this, but their coaching is great. I, I say that because Pete DeBoer, great coach, but I just don't like the way that they they axe Jar Gallant. Obviously, we had him, yeah. boys, as a coach. He's he's incredible Thank guy. You. He's almost like he's brought into these teams to get them, uh, to get the guys feeling good, mojo going. Yeah, they got absolutely robbed in the playoffs last year by, oh. by San Jose. They should have been there. They should have been playing St. Louis. And basically, 
for him to get axed midseason is uh, is unfortunate. But you know, moving forward, they have their guns in place. They're Fucking goaltending's great. They got Leonard. If Flurry doesn't, yeah. if Flurry doesn't huge. kick, they got Leonard. That's huge. Leonard wants Leonard wants the pipes right now playing that against a Chicago. Big fucker. Um, oh, and yeah. and basically that's they're a great tandem. Those guys got that's huge. Have a backup goalie. That'd be a great point. Yeah, uh, you know, and and you think what's wrong with like a team like Edmonton? Yeah, they have no D, but they don't have any depth, like Jimmy said. And the Golden Knights are just stacked from guys like Revo going out and chipping in and hitting guys and creating a. Uh, you know, creating a, a presence out there. He brings there. that fear factor. He, guys are afraid of him on the ice. Yeah. And in playoffs, you need guys like that. I don't care what you say, but it's 100%. a man's game in the playoffs. 100%. And, uh, and I just, play. you know, Colorado, they need, they're going to need to stay healthy and they're going to need to uh, uh, get by. They're going to need to get by the champs. They're going to need to get by a team like Vegas. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, I like the Knights. Broadway, Jimmy Hayes, what do you got over there for us, fella? St. Louis. I know they didn't do much in this round robin, but I like that team. Wow, easy. That's a team that's, you know, defending champs. They got the goalie. That's huge. And like we talked about earlier, that back end they have, got to be one of the best in the league. And then you got guys like O'Reilly that get going. If he gets going like he did last playoff, see you later. That's going to be a tough guy to stop. So you both are on the Blues and I got the Canucks. Hey, wow, that's not... Uh... I could be uh, taking uh, this one. The Knights. I, no, I know, but I you like the Blues too. I know Oppie likes to. Let's hope our picks pan through, or we're going to end up on the back of this. Yeah, card. we could go Charles Barkley style too, and every round redo our picks. That's what Barkley does in TNT. So maybe we, we, could, we could do that if we want. <laughs> Good picks, boys. We'll see if they pan out. And our last thing that you know we want to talk about, and the reason we all met each other and became buddies, and um, was in the Florida Panthers, and you know they let Dale Talon go, and I know we want to touch on that. So let's get into Dale and the, the Panthers moving forward. Yeah. So Dale is, you know, he's the GM. He's been there for close to ten years. Uh, was brought in when when uh, uh, things needed to be changed in Florida. Uh, things didn't quite change the way everyone was hoping for. Uh, even with new ownership, new coaching staff, uh, first overall picks, they just seemed, uh, you know, ten million dollar goalies. Yeah, spending spending they, money. I they, think is uh, what got them. They haven't really been able to find uh, their groove. They haven't won a playoff series in uh, in you know over ten years, and uh, things need to change. So. Uh, I love Dale, Jimmy. I know you do too. Being in, um, you know, he brought you in. He sure did. I love Dale. I remember Dale's he brought you in. Guys. Was it Boston? Where, where was your first when you? I was f- in first Chicago. Came? Dale brought me from Chicago. But where was the first time you met us? Was it in Boston or in the hotel in Boston? Minnesota. Minnesota. That's right. Sitting yeah. down for breakfast. Like, who the fuck is this tall, fucking handsome fellow? Look at this guy. <laughs> this guy rolling so, in. So anyway, I know Jimmy. You yeah, like Dale? I suit. Yeah. This guy fucks is what you thought about Hazy. Huh? He fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Dale, and uh, it's tough to see him go. Uh, there's a few things throughout my stint in Florida that I didn't quite see eye to eye with Dale. One being uh, Shane O'Brien. Uh, when yeah. he was in on a professional so. tryout with us, uh, Dale released him in West Point when we were up there for training camp. West Point being a military academy <laughs> in the U.S. Oh, yeah. You know. Being up there alone is fucking shitty. Yeah, we, especially no when we're leaving going on up when, there, when we're leaving South Florida to go to training camp yeah. up in uh, in West Point. But I was standing up dogs passing in Patton Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> we're getting trim every night next to you know, in West Point. I'm like, hey. So it came down to crunch time. Pretty much, I'll touch on the story. And Shane gets the nod from Dale to come up to the front of the bus and have a conversation with him outside. And uh, at the time, the numbers weren't working out. He should have released a few of our young defensemen, sent them down to the minors, and signed, back. and signed O'Brien. And uh, basically, from from the back of the bus, from Luongo to Willie Mitchell, to me, to Brad Boys, to Jimmy Hayes, to Sean Thornton, it was OB. OB. Fucking OB. <laughs> We're chanting his name, <laughs> thinking, awesome. fucking, is this gonna is this gonna show Dale that we need this guy on our squad? Because he earned a spot on our team, not yeah, just scoring great. goals and play in, yeah. in preseason. 
But Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, that was up. I appreciate so, that. So that was one thing that bothered uh, that bothered me, and um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Dale was very generous. He was giving out money to everybody. Yeah, one, you, of our, everybody one of our every- best buddies, Dave Bowen. I think Dave yeah. calls him daddy. I think Dale gave him $50 million. <laughs> Boy, still I getting calling him daddy. Still the only thing I got boys. mad at Dale for is Dale sent me to Boston. I mean, I love playing in Boston. Don't get me wrong. A hometown. I wasn't ready to leave South Beach. No, hey, listen. South Florida fit you nicely, bro. Who is? You, you were nicely down there. Little South Beach. Oh, that was a great setup. No, Dale, yeah, he, you boys should love Dale. He gave you your tickets. And for me, it was a love-hate relationship. And Hoppy, thanks for that story because that was honestly really tough for me to go through that. And I, fuck, I was in good shape. Even Cons came down for Getzlev's charity thing that he does every year and looked at me. He's like, holy fuck, Obes, you're ready to rock. So I was ready to go. I had a good camp. But like I said, the hardest thing for me was we had such a great group of guys there. I knew you guys were going to have a good year. You, you unfortunately didn't make the playoffs that year, but you guys had that it factor that teams have. And you got to give Dale credit for there. I think he was a good judge of character. He loves to play golf, which is good by me. But I think what finally got him was you give Bobrovsky a huge deal, brought in some other guys making big money. If you're Vinny Viola, eventually you're like, fuck, bud, you, you spent to our cap, you know, move on. Dale will be fine. He'll play some golf. But um, I, I know you guys love him, but it was a little yeah, love. I think Dale will find, a, find another job, though, because Dale, he brought that you Chicago think? team. He put them back on the map. He brought that team. He brought Florida. Florida was back. He put them. Yeah. He got some good players there. I think he'll 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 land yeah, somewhere he if he wants will. to. He if he wants will. to, I think. Do we got I time? Can see him I think we got Montreal time. <laughs> Let's give the listeners what they what they really want here. Tell them the story about. <laughs> tell them oh, the story yeah. about missing. Curfew oh yeah, missing curfew. So this one's great. We'll finish this on this. Is, no, this, this is Dale Talon right here. So Paisy, you remember this? I had gotten called up. We were going through Eastern Canada. We go into Toronto. We whack Toronto. We go out that night have a, have a time. Go in, beat Ottawa. We fly from Ottawa right to Montreal that night. We land in Montreal at like. Midnight, 12.30. And we have a time. Me and Updog, I probably brought away, came with us. We go to this little bar in Montreal. Updog knows a couple twins from Montreal. We have a nice night there. Next day we go, we have an optional skate. My, I was a plug, I had to go out and skate. We, anyways, long story short, we go to dinner. Mark Bergevin sees us there. And apparently Uppy yep. was um, hanging out with a friend that Bergevin knew. So he, he threw the boys under the bus. And thank God the next night we win. We beat Montreal in OT. We came back to win. I think Bowling Huge sc- game. Saturday huge game. night, Saturday hockey night, night in Canada. Two to one. Hockey night in Canada. Bowling scored Bowl, the winner, Bowling right? scored the winner. So we're yeah. fucking, And you know in the room after everyone's like high five. And remember Dale would go around Hazy, shake everyone's yeah. hand. He yep. comes up to me. I'm like, fucking right, Dale. Good win. He's like, shakes my hand. He's like, you and your buddy Upshaw, you fucking guys better go to bed tonight. I'm like, <laughs> so now, now I'm buzzing around the room, Hazy. I go to Mitchie, babe. I'm like, Mitchie, where's Uppy? He's like, I don't know. I like, maybe go to you. You're like, Uppy's back. He just got out of the shower. So I go back. Updog's got the towel around him, just looking ripped up. He's got the blow dryer going. I'm like, Uppy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Uppy. Uppy, listen to what Dale said. Like, Dale said that me and you better go to fucking bed tonight or we're in one. He's like, blow dryer is here. He's like, Fuck that, Oves. It's Montreal. We're going to have a night. It's Saturday night. We have our boy PJ in town. So PJ's waiting outside the dressing room for us with an Uber, ready to go to dinner, which is a Saturday night in Montreal. is the best night to be there. On the way to dinner, we don't get on the team bus, and uh, which is always an option, by the way. Especially I don't know if win. it's an option, but we made it a fucking option. <laughs> especially when you win. Especially when you win. And uh, we're headed to dinner. Text comes through on the team group text, and it says, mandatory curfew, everyone in your rooms at 11 p.m. Not one person, go out the door. And I'm like... What the fuck? Let's turn this car around. Let's get to the hotel before the bus. So we pull up right beside the bus. Out walks Gerard Galan, our head coach. And I'm like, I look at Obi. I'm like, Obes, I got this. (laughs) And I'm like, I I go up to Gerard in in a very polite way. And I'm like, Gerard, do you mind, you know, just beat Montreal? I know it's late in the season. We probably had 12, 14 games left. We're right in the playoff spot. I'm like, do you mind if we, you know, we go for dinner? And he looks at me and he's like, Uppy, I think you've had enough fun this road trip. (laughs) 
He's like, go, go to your room. I'm like, like fuck, he just, hey. that's, it's not like him to say that. Like, so, Gerard Gallant, this is one of my all-time favorite coaches. And now he's talking to me like I'm a kid. I'm like, fuck. And we had one so, three straight. You know, I'm like, all right, what did they hear? Because obviously it's, you know, something I'm going to have to, you know, stand up for. Yeah. So we go up. I'm like, I text all the guys. I had a suite actually. <laughs> Funny to say, but I, I got a suite in Montreal because we were there for three days. And I text all the guys because Luongo jumps on and says, guys, whoever went out last night, like I had to ruin it for everyone. And, and Louis never goes out. He always does room service. Always. And Lou was going to have dinner in Montreal. Now he can't go. Like, just yeah. go, Lou. Fuck, you're not going to get cut. Anyways, go ahead. So yeah. I, yeah. So I text everyone. I'm like, meet in my room. I got some beers coming up. We'll order food. Fucking, it'll all, it'll all be good. And sure enough, we're up there. There's 10 of us in there. We're, we're all like kind of, well, what happened? And I'm like... You know, guys, I went, I went and had beers last night, but it wasn't nothing crazy. Like, it was it was nothing crazy. Couple so, casuals. Well, it was a couple dinner. Casual. We, had a, PA, we had dinner with the other guys with on the PA team. PA Pronto, yeah. And, uh, that dirty Frenchman. So, <laughs> in walks Willie Mitchell, our captain, and he looks at me and he goes, Up dog, Dale's not happy with you. <laughs> it's not good, up dog. It's not good. <laughs> and so I'm like, Mitchie, I don't need to, like, I don't need to fucking explain myself to you. I didn't, I didn't do anything crazy, blah, blah, blah. So, practice in the <laughs> morning. didn't even do anything. That's the no. crazy part. Practice in the morning, fucking Gerard Glance giving a team speech, explaining to all of us who are now pissed off why we we couldn't even go for dinner. And he's he's like, guys, Dale, think you went out. Uh, I had no way in in convincing him otherwise. Do I think you guys are going out nights before games till four in the morning? No, but obviously, like, there's an issue here, and and we had to address it. And so he's like, anyone want to say anything? <laughs> and Obi's sitting across um, the room from me, and. You know, basically, I'm like, fuck, I got to get up and say something. Hazy, I'm watching him. Sorry, I'm real quick. Oh, I'm watching him. And, and Hazy, he's like, yeah, like this, like, kinda, and I'm like, room. fuck up, dog. Don't do it up, dog. Don't do it up, dog. Don't do it. <laughs> so I get up there and I'm like, guys, I got something to say. I'm like, y'all know who I am and who, how I've played the game. And, and I would do nothing to jeopardize fucking uh, this team and, and where we want to go as a team. But, you know, the night before the game, I, <laughs> I went out and had dinner with the guys and we went to a lounge just having drinks. I had my boy PJ in town and, you know, a girlfriend of mine comes, meets us, and we hang out for a while. And we end up going back to the hotel and hang, <laughs> hanging out. And I'm up till, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I fucking showed up to play. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't take any of you guys out, which is what. And we won. And we fucking won. This and guy that's, fucks. And that's the way we play the game. You know, Dale, to me, I, th- I feel like he felt like I wasn't in it fully. But I was doing nothing to jeopardize no. our relationship with him, jeopardize the team. You know, that's who I was. I was not, uh, you know, lo and behold, I could have been in maybe at 11 o'clock, not 12 or 1. Well, I think yeah, Bergevin might have been a little bit mad that we actually beat his team and he thought yeah, we that were was the a, night before. That was a tough loss for the Canadians. I, like, pretty much knocked him out. And, like, yeah. And, and you know what, Uppy? In all seriousness, you did nothing wrong. And, and I look back at that. Thanks, and, and maybe Dale, maybe <laughs> Dale did it to try to rally the boys. I'm going to give Dale the benefit of the doubt that maybe he did it to see if the boys would rally around. Hey, listen, fuck Dale. Let's rally around and get in the playoffs. I'd like to think that's the reason he did it. That's yeah, the only reason I think. Guy. Because he's a player's I, guy. I, I, yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. Guys. It's Montreal. We just won three straight. Anybody in the National League would yeah. go Montreal. So I just think Dale may have done that for that reason. But it's a fucking great story. And every time I tell it, I've told it a hundred times to my friends. And I think they laugh every time still. <laughs> so oh, I'm missing awesome. curfew. I mean, everyone's done it once or twice. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for our first show. Thanks for listening, folks. Follow us at Missing Curfew on Instagram. Shout out to Kevin Connolly, Action Park Media, for letting us use the studio. Our boy, Broadway Hayes, thank you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, boys. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It's uh, always a blast catching up with you, too. Yeah, it's always fun. And uh, Updog, thank you. And uh, we got some picks out there, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it again next week. Fucking hell. Fuck, that was juice, fellas. Yeah.